Hey, Mary. Hey, Katie. Did you know that the ubiquitous Jolly Roger flag? Yeah. The flag with the skull and crossbones mm-hmm. is actually French. Is it? It got its name because it was just plain red. And it was known in French as Jolie Rouge. Ah. Means pretty red. Ah. And eventually became the Jolly Roger. That is really funny. I love that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. There's also another theory that it was referred to as the Old Roger. Mm. Old Roger used to be the nickname of the devil. I see. You know, and pirate history is very very hard to track it's, but it's oral history right so it's yeah, that yeah. presents challenges let's put it that way there you go the last pirate fact of the season oh <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Gentleman Pirates Library, a podcast covering every episode of the Max show Our Flag Means Death. I'm Katie. And I'm Mary. And today we'll be taking a deep dive into Season 2, Episode 8, Merman, aka the one where Ed and Steed fuck off to a tree. I mean an inn. <laughs> oh boy. I don't know this if people are going to get that, but like, I don't know. I think it's I funny. I don't get it. You don't get I don't it? Get it's, it. it's from... No. It's... Uh... <laughs> It's a Reese Darby thing. It's um when uh, there was like a video that was that surfaced a couple of like over the last few weeks where basically Reese Darby is explaining that uh, in what we do in the shadows, there's a moment where he was just told like try to corral these werewolves oh, like to I get them to scene. go to the tree, yes. <laughs> and then the, the yes. one of the werewolves was told like try to annoy him as much as possible, and so he <laughs> did, and so basically when he says just fuck off to a tree, that's like Reese being really annoyed. <laughs> I love that. See, I was going to cut this out to not show my ignorance, but I'm going to leave it in. I think you should definitely leave That's it in. <laughs> so funny. I do remember watching that clip, but he was like, no, this was just me truly annoying. <laughs> I love that. I was like, I yeah. don't know nearly as much as I should about Restart B. I don't think I could do improv because I would hold grudges. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we've reached the finale. We have. A long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, technically for me, it was only a few hours ago. But (laughs) That's true. That's true. You've been easing your way into it. Yeah. Again, for transparency, I feel like I should just say that like on the... on the night, literally, like it comes out at 3 a.m. where Katie and I are. And um, mind you, we're in different places, but still on the same, you know, uh, time, time. Oh my God. Time zone. Time zone. Thank you. I'm like time slot. No, not time (laughs) slot. That's not it. We both started watching it at 3 a.m. because we both couldn't sleep for different reasons that night. And Mm -hmm. um, I watched the first, I was watching five minutes behind Katie. And uh, at one point you did tell me to stop. And that was about 15 minutes into the episode. So I had only seen like about 15 minutes, like half of the episode before today when I was Mm finally brave enough to watch the remaining 15 minutes and yeah Yeah. i didn't even cry (laughs) i'm so proud of you Mm -hmm. we are numb to the situation Mm -hmm. um i 
Yeah, so if you didn't listen to our tea break episode, which you totally do not have to because it was kind of us venting about the finale so that we weren't super negative about it. Um, And it was really raw and just kind of laying it all out. So you don't have to go back and listen to that. We might refer to that in some sort of conversation. Um, But yeah, we did make it pretty clear when we covered episode seven that if Izzy died, Mary would have a really hard problem with it. So Yeah. And, and I do still. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not happy either about mm-hmm. it. So yeah. Um, so before we hit like a general impression, sure. why Merman? Oof. I see the thing is like now when I think about mermaid or mermen, like I think merperson, I think about Steed yeah. and I think about that that episode. Right, like saving of of Steed saving Ed from Mm. the gravy basket. Yeah. Yeah. So are they so they're together now as mermen, like symbolically? Saving each other. Saving each other, maybe. Is usually the episode titles are way more overt than that. You know, like I don't know what to say. (laughs) Yeah, like I so I'm of two minds and I think this is really going to show like throughout the episode because there's I understand that this is part two of a planned mm-hmm. three-part story mm-hmm. um and I'm also going to try to distance myself from what has been said in interviews because yeah. <laughs> it, it's pretty it's pretty like not alarming but like um jarring jarring contradictory and so so kind of like leaving that aside because even that like when david jenkins talks about season three he's like oh maybe they could go and do this and it's like what do you mean maybe yeah (laughs) so i'm just gonna kind of leave that aside and assume the best intentions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and say that like i understand that like part two of a three-part series is complicated because like you know we can't you can't get a truly satisfying ending because like there has to be something else to resolve after and so we're kind of like in this right. in between mm-hmm. and so i'm i part of me is like well mermen is it because like eventually they're the ones who are going to be saving izzy from the gravy basket you know what i mean like my mm-hmm. my <laughs> yeah my hoping <laughs> self is hoping for something but also like I don't want to give myself or others false hope because I'm, I just right. don't think that that's the case. Like, I don't think that Izzy is coming back and yeah. I need to be really. And if it is, if he is coming back, I don't think it was planned. I agree Before with you. the fan reaction. I agree with you. I, <laughs> I don't agree think with that you. was in the original plan. No. Even though there were interviews about their oh their fates are tied and all three of them are on a journey together, <laughs> okay. But this is this, this is why like the interviews are chaotic in and of themselves. Mm. Like they tell almost a different story from the actual yes. story, and so I'm trying to not think about that too much right now because it's yeah. Um, it it's makes hard. our job of looking at the actual story much more complicated. I find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Mm. Um, okay. So general impressions of the episode. <laughs> I love that you're asking this like that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, of course, like for me, this is like 
not a great episode trademark yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> it makes me sad in many ways um but there is a, there is some good stuff in there that's what i tried to focus on in in the notes that i took mm-hmm. and there's also some stuff like unrelated to izzy's death that is kind of jarring to me like the pacing was uh-huh. very strange yeah um we've talked about this before uh, but yeah, the pacing was very strange to me. Yeah. Watching it for a second time, I found even more stuff that I was like, what? Because when you first watch it, especially at 3 a.m., you're like, okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay, you know? <laughs> and then when you watch it again, you're like, what? Why did they, what? Why did they do this this way? Like, it's so strange. It really feels also, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but like, it really feels almost like the first half of the episode is like the pacing that we were used to in this season. And then the Mm -hmm. second half of the episode is even weirder than what we've seen so far, which is saying a lot considering. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's gone breakneck the entire time. Like, uh, that's, that's the thing. So (laughs) My my daughter has um, the ability to turn work in late because of her diagnosed, you know, uh, condition. Mm-hmm. And so she can turn work in late with no penalty. Right. Um, but when the grading period ends, the grading period ends. And so I kind of warn her, like, hey, you really, you're going to stress yourself out towards the end of the grading period because they'll give you extensions until the grading period is over. Mm. And so it felt like that. Like everything was just piled up at the end. Like, hey, there's a lot of stuff you all need to handle right. in this last episode. And it felt like a highlight reel. It felt yeah. like a trailer for an episode. Mm-hmm. It was like an elevator pitch. You know, give me your, <laughs> give me the overall beats of the episode. Okay. And like, if we had time to sit and explore the story, yeah. I feel like I could have maybe made peace with Izzy with a few tweaks. Yeah. Um, with Izzy dying and the way they handled Ed, like uh, not to bring paratext into it, but there, mm. I was looking at an interview where, and it was just, I think episode four and five had just come out and they said, Oh, the interviewer said, Oh, we see Ed start to make amends. And then David Jenkins gives an answer about something else. But I was like, ah, ha, ha. He started to make amends in episode five. You're assuming that in episode six, seven, and eight, he was going to continue to make amends. And yeah. he did not. Like, <laughs> that was just completely, oh, we're done now. <sighs> it, it was very strange. I think, I think the issue for me is that this episode, and this is something that we've talked about at length in our T episode, but like, it recontextualizes this, the second yeah. season in a way that makes me kind of like it a little bit less or that at mm-hmm. least makes me a bit more critical or maybe a bit more suspicious of certain things like yeah um in a way that i really was not um like i have a question for you yeah does it recontextualize season 1 at all that's a very good question and if not why not I so the thing is I haven't rewatched season one since mm-hmm. this, so I'm not sure. Um I think it recontextualizes season one for certain things, but not mm-hmm. necessarily 
everything. It's like season one is this like holy shrine of like cemented story because it's it happened so long ago and we've had so much time to like massage it. And so is it like a problem with us having expectations? I thought about that. I thought about that. But you know, what it does recontextualize from season one for me is some of the stuff where I was like, oh, is this really the message? And, you know, I I, I remember Mm -hmm. like reading comments like, oh, no, the writers wouldn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. You have to trust the writers. And I and I did for season two and and whatever. But like, I think that remember how I was saying that I would love to go back to season one, like recontextualized through season two mm-hmm. well I sort of feel now like I want to go back to season one to see how much I had kind of like suppressed those original feelings when maybe they weren't yeah. so invalid you know right um so I don't want to say that it doesn't really recontextualize season one because I think right. it does um at least again for my trust of the writing team yeah specifically yeah, it's interesting because I, I'm like, well, what about season one gave me the same feelings that cer- certain parts of season two mm. did? And maybe it's because we watched it once it was all out and we knew kind of how it ended. You know, I don't know. I think I it's know. because it's there was like, yeah, exactly. And I think like we knew that the separation of Ed and Steed was temporary, that this wasn't the end of yeah. the story. Um, like we kind no of one died. That. No one died, <laughs> right? Except for like Steed. Lucia, no, we were mad about Lucius. We were like, oh, if he doesn't come back, like that's that. But I never had a doubt that he would come yeah. back. Whereas here, like I, I, oh uh, yeah, I don't care that they put. Okay, we'll get into it. But I don't yeah. care that they put buttons at the the bird. Right. That that's so. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it felt like a highlight reel. Um, Mm. and then looking back, it makes the entire season kind of feel like a highlight reel because Ed's redemption, highlight reel, uh, Steed's progression into a competent pirate, highlight reel, which to be fair, a lot of times stuff like that goes into a montage and you're totally fine with it. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Jim and Alu and Archie, highlight reel. Rest of the crew, highlight reel. Like, uh, somebody pointed out that Frenchie and Weejon don't even interact this Mm. season. It's like, why the room people how dare you so yeah oh that makes me so sad and that's kind of the thing right like i again i was willing to forgive so much of that but then there was a carelessness i find yeah that story but the whole story near the end where i was like i i yeah that lack of care kind of made me as like an audience member feel like maybe this story in the end wasn't actually for me I don't right. know. I don't know how to say this. Like it's um what wasn't a highlight reel was Izzy's journey. <laughs> I'm trying not to get into that, but that's the thing. They invested so much time in Izzy's journey that everything else felt like a highlight reel. And that that is to me a very very weird creative yeah. choice. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think we should dive in if yeah, if we can, because like it's, it's, we don't want to rehash our our tea conversation. Yeah, yeah, or add to it. Good lord, yeah. uh, there's still so. When I listened back to edit it, I was like, ah, oh, add another thing, <laughs> add another thing, <laughs> add another thing. Yeah, I get that's that. what it should be called. Add another thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, all right, let's dive in. 
we open on a quiet cove where Ed is fishing. There's a monologue about him being truly present mm. for the first time in his life. We see some beautiful shots of calm fishing life. It's very eat, pray, love. Uh, <laughs> he's lounging, contemplating a fish scale. And we see a man and a boy giving him dirty looks. And then we see Ed leading them in prayer, being very condescending and calling them simple. Yeah. You know, very much tourist who wants to live like the locals vibe. Yes. <laughs> and the man ends up hitting Ed and is angry that Ed doesn't do any work, just sits around all day. And he's calling the man Pop Pop as they fight. And the man tells him to stop calling him that. So Ed tries to make it up to him by serving dinner, but ends up dropping it and they send him away. Right. He yells as he's leaving, if you were ever good at anything, go and do that. Listen, this this is not a good start because I hate the scene with the passion of a thousand suns. <laughs> like when I first watched it again, like 3 a.m. after the loss of my dog, like I watched it with the same kind of horror that I sort of watched when Izzy was crawling on the floor. Like mm-hmm. we know that Ed's dad was abusive and like now somehow he's like found his way in a situation that recreates that exact memory that we were showed, Mm. like, which is a father figure yelling about food and being verbally and physically violent. And it's like, Uh it's not addressed, you know, like it's not addressed that like he found his way to a situation like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's played for jokes, which makes it even worse. And again, like, I feel like that is a recurring issue throughout the season. I mean, given what happens in the rest of the episode with Ed, maybe we should count our blessings that he didn't kill Pop Pop and the boy. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Right. But here's 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 the thing. This they're acting like he's been with these people for weeks. It's been what? Three hours? (laughs) Like. If you the timeline is so weird because he leaves mm. and within hours of him leaving, Ed and Zhang get into that fight. And as Ed and Zhang are fighting, that's when the Republic of Pirates blows up. So to me, this cannot be more than twenty four hours. Well, no, because I yeah, I imagined that that like Ed left Steed like in the late afternoon, early evening, and then this is happening literally the following morning, right? Right. So maybe they left early for fishing, but like they (laughs) certainly weren't fishing in the evening, right? Like they may have been fishing at 5 a.m., but that's about it, you know? And it's lunchtime. He makes comments like, all you do is sit around all day. And it's like, (laughs) he's been there for like a day. Like, it's less than a day. (laughs) Yeah, it's so strange. It's again, highlight reel. It's so strange. Yeah. Anyway, so on to the Republic of Pirates. Uh, It's in ruins, the ships are all smoldering. Prince Ricky is getting thoroughly praised, and a few of our crew is in Spanish Jackie serving the English soldiers. Ricky thanks Spanish Jackie for cutting off his nose, and (sighs) then makes her get his nose out of the jar, which is disgusting. And, I mean, like... But, like, what is he gonna do with it? Well, it's just to make her, like, stick her hand in something gross, and I'm like, she's the one who made the gross thing. I don't think she thinks it's as gross as you do. Yes, exactly. (laughs) There you go. I don't think she is half as humiliated by this as you would want her to be, you know? right? It's just so disgusting. She should have taken the Izzy line and been like, well, if you make me do that, it'll just turn me on. (laughs) Whatever this is, it's just going to turn me on. (laughs) 
Um, the Swede is is the taster for them to make sure they're not being poisoned yeah. by Jackie's drinks. And you can yeah. tell that Jackie is like not happy that this is happening, right? And this is like a big uh-huh. understatement. And oh, yeah. I want to be careful because like I so there's there's things that I don't like that are meant for me not to like in the writing and there are things that i don't like that are not meant (laughs) for me not to like them right this is one of those things that is meant for me to dislike and i really thoroughly dislike it like it Mm -hmm. i like this really made ricky seem like an absolute shit and not in a Mm -hmm. funny or cute way like in like no one treats Jackie like that. Not while <laughs> right? I'm around, you know? <laughs> like, so yeah, I got really, really excited to kind of see like what she had in store for these assholes. Like, oh, I love her. They they really should have known better than to keep her anything but locked up if they uh, wanted yeah if they wanted to survive 100 uh, percent. but again i think that yeah. there's like a, a misjudgment a, a misjudging there one she's a woman oh, and two she's black right and so there's mm-hmm. like that um that intersection of identities yeah 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 uh we cut to zhang who is with steed and steed wants a thank you for pulling zhang to safety jesus christ uh <laughs> but she's just kind of like despondent she's thinking about auntie and her crew who are all blown up Mm -hmm. and she blames herself and steed says that he's been a failure his entire life and it's not so bad when you get used to it (laughs) and then he says things have a way of working out at least for me yeah can i just say that i hate this mentality and again Mm -hmm. i don't hate this this line because it evokes hatred in me no no no. Uh, it's you know it something about steed's character that makes me want to strangle him um (laughs) Is, is a good thing because, but for every obtuse person who sits around waiting for things to just quote unquote work out, there's at least one person working extremely hard behind the scenes to make it work out. Yeah. And like. <sighs> exactly. Yeah. In this and case, I'm usually like, that person. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, listen, I can, I, of the two people, I 100% believe Zhang that she's the one who pulled him to to safety. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be entirely real. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the whole thing, it's like, it's very, like, white person privilege, right? Like, mm-hmm. particularly, like, white man privilege. Yeah. And it, it would be less obnoxious if he sort of realized that or, like, acknowledged that, like, mm-hmm. it does come from a place of privilege, that he has a lot of people who look out for him. But he yeah. doesn't. And, like, that's that's Steed. That's who he right. is. Right? Yeah. And we do love that. I do love that part of his character where you're just like, ah, oh, you asshole. <laughs> like, I don't know how they made that endearing. Like, I don't find that yeah. endearing usually. But for but Reese Darby makes it work. Yeah. <laughs> He really does. I think that's what I think a lot of people said that about season one, like reviewers, mm. they were like, we should loathe this man, but yes. we don't. And it's <laughs> probably should. his Kiwi accent and the fact <laughs> that he's just so fucking lovable. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. So English soldiers approach and Steed hides, but Zhang is just still despondent and doesn't move. Mm. Steed ends up, quote unquote, ambushing them, but they quickly get the better of him. And Zhang ends up killing the soldiers to save him, and she stomps off and says she's going to go skin a prince. I, listen, I just love her. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. I do too. I wish she had the soup back. I wish we would have seen more soup. Uh, Soup. 
I get, but, I get, but you see you see what I like again I feel like yeah. this season like the very first half of the season was excellent yeah and then the yeah. second half was really just okay and then for yeah. this this episode like the first half was okay and the second half like if I'm being honest for me kind of went to shit and so yeah. it's like very strange to see that like this thing that we so loved less than a month ago Mm-hmm. this soup thing where we were like oh we can't wait for izzy to have soup izzy will never have right. soup oh no <laughs> i'm s- not on this show it's not so on this funny. show oh no mm. oh now you say the second half but like calypso was in the second half that was a great episode um uh, i will say something probably unpopular but knowing uh-huh. how it ends I wish yeah. they had used that time differently, like sure, with sure, more sure. purpose. I'll say yeah. that um, because I adore that episode. It is probably one of my favorites this season, yeah. but I'm like, something has to give something has to give. And, and right now, like, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Ed is on his dinghy amongst the wreckage. And he's looking at the smoldering ruins of Zhang's fleet and says, Steed, uh, he's very clearly very worried about where he is. He's hearing like explosions and interestingly enough, Steed's voice crying for help. Mm. And that that's not happening at that moment. So he's having like a real auditory hallucination. Yeah. Is it memories? Because I kind of felt like this was like Steed screaming in past episodes. Is that possible or am I just making Maybe. things up? Because it wouldn't make sense. I'm pretty sure they clipped it. Oh. I thought it was when they cut to him, like, um, keeping his books on the shelf in season yes. one. <laughs> like that type of scream oh, that he did. Yeah. But maybe not. I don't know. I'm sure it's clipped from a specific spot. Hmm. But I can't think of when Ed would have witnessed that scream. Maybe it was from the act of grace. Maybe there was a... I would be interested to go back and see where that's clipped from. Yeah, I would be interested too. Because to me, that would be a memory then, and not just them saving money to not have to have Reese do ADR real quick. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So two English soldiers in another dinghy approach and tell him, they call him old man, and <laughs> tell him that fishing isn't allowed because those are English waters. And we hear ringing in Ed's ears, and the sh- soldier's words get more and more muffled until we cut to Ed strangling one of the soldiers while the other lies already dead so much for not killing by his own hand i guess <laughs> i honestly at this point i've kind of given up on engaging with the yeah. whole question like has he or has he not killed other people than his dad because like at, i feel like at this point like i'm not sure that there's an answer that makes sense yeah and like um Again, people have explained it as like Ed being an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. of his own life, which, which you know, possible. But at, at this point, I don't have an answer. And so I'm just going to disengage from that conversation from now on. Right. No, I get it. Until I have more I information that kind of can help <laughs> me like put things together. But yeah, makes sense. So he remembers Pop Pop telling him to go do what he's good at, you know, since this is very... uh consequential father figure in his life <laughs> i all of three hours 
again, father figure. And as if it, it was really funny oh. for them to do a flashback to Pop Pop because I'm like, that just happened. We remember. <sighs> like, it happened less than three minutes ago, my dudes. Like, it's there was fine. a lot of flashbacks in this episode, and it almost was insulting. And when we yeah. when we get there, I'll tell you why. But like, okay. yeah, it was almost insulting that we couldn't remember, mm-hmm. you know, something that happened literally like an hour watching minutes ago. You know, like yeah, literally just happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially the pop up thing that just happened. But literally, like, um, literally less than three minutes ago. You know, like yeah. It, it's yeah, I didn't like that. And we flashed to him throwing out his leathers too, so we get a flashback of that. Um, he jumps right into the ocean. He's in the Bay of the Republic of Pirates and jumps right in there and uh, swims down and gets his leathers because they were apparently just <laughs> right there. Okay. Okay. I know that you hate the leathers thing. And honestly, like, I don't, I don't blame you. And I don't want to explain it in any it's way. Fine. I Like, I see your annoyance. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I also don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like at the end of season one when, like, um, Ed goes back to the revenge yes. <laughs> on, the dinghy on the dinghy and like finds them. And then like Steed finds the crew. And I'm like, how are you all finding uh, what <laughs> without cell phones you, or like when gaydar? Is- <laughs> <laughs> it's the power of the gaydar. <laughs> they have yield gaydar. <laughs> exactly. But okay. But yeah, I, I don't mind it. I, yeah. I, like it's, it's, it's also in line with like all loose Crocs or like the yeah. unicorn as the figurehead or like the badmintons literally killing themselves. Like, <laughs> you know, like of all of the things like that is not my issue. And I think that it actually adds to the charm of the show personally. Mm. Like that is that's how I see it. But I also can understand that like yeah. it would be annoying. So I'm, <laughs> there you go. I wish that this was the only thing I was yelling about. Honestly, you know, me too. <laughs> me too. I do wish yeah. that. <laughs> so he emerges from the sea onto a beach, a totally different beach. And this is what I mean by highlight reel. So like he obviously took his little dinghy and traveled to where the leathers were. He obviously tra- tra- put the leathers on underwater. <laughs> I love or that. Or <laughs> somehow. Okay. First of all, he put, didn't he put like a fucking cannonball in the net with the leathers? How, yes. how did he hoist them up on his own strength? Whatever. So he must have, like, got back on the dinghy to put the leathers on, or maybe he did it underwater, because the next time we see him, he is literally emerging from the ocean onto a beach wearing his leathers and nothing else. Like, I love that. so ridiculous. I love that, though. I actually love it. I can embrace it. It's fine. But it's so funny, because I'm like... what is happening? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I do love the, this image of like Ed putting on his leathers. Can you imagine trying to put yeah. on like leather pants <laughs> what? in the sea? I would, I would drown. Like I would not be able to do it. The and I'm a pretty professional. <laughs> They're not coming on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, what color is the paste? Because if it's black, you could just make yourself a into friends quotes <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. oh my god it's, it is so funny it is really funny to me but yeah how are you putting wet leather on <laughs> that's been 
choking in salt water. I for- I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> but I, I mean, again, like, I think it was worth it for that image of him, like, emerging from the sea. Yeah. Like, you know what I, I mean? Agree. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. it makes, like, you know, Blackbeard literally emerging from the... Like, it's so cool. It is cool. You know? It is cool. It's He's so like, cool. here comes the fucking Kraken. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It is cool. It is cool. It's worth yeah. it for all of that. It's him, like, channeling that, like... Not... Uh, that destructive energy into something i hate to say productive but like something aligned with his values well like i don't necessarily need my heroes to be moral compasses you know Mm -hmm. like it's okay if they're like okay well i'm not gonna kill unless it's to save the person i love Mm -hmm. you know like or i'm gonna kill but you know like i'm I couldn't quite, I'm going to say, like, I didn't have a problem with Hannibal, but I kind of did. I could not get behind Hannibal because I I really can't get behind a serial killer Mm. and be like, yeah, that's who I root for. But that's me personally. I don't judge people who can, you know. Mm -hmm. But I definitely have really enjoyed characters who are also murderers, you Mm -hmm. know. (laughs) Like, so, yeah, it's not, it's just not, it's just that it was such a, big part of his storyline that he had never killed anyone and it was like oh that's what makes him okay to be a romantic lead because he never killed anyone i think the fandom really latched onto it too and it's like well no it's okay the thing is like like, steve has killed people i never really bought it do you remember when we were having those conversation and i was like no (laughs) sorry yes the second i asked that question i was like wrong question to ask i don't know Um, i don't i don't specifically but but i'm sure it did happen because you have you have the memory of the two of us (laughs) i try but like i do remember being like that seems weird to me plus like if you order somebody to kill for you are you really not killing you know what i mean like i that never really sat right with me then like two episodes later Calico Jack's like, you remember when you set that whole ship on fire? Right. And you're like, uh. There you go. We can hear the screams. Right. Uh, Ed. <laughs> Which is why I'm like, to me, I think he never really cared about the people that he was yeah. killing. Like, I know I said that I didn't want to engage with this anymore, but like, <laughs> that's kind of how I see it. Like, maybe yeah. he didn't really care about the people that he was killing. And so therefore yeah. to him, it didn't count or whatever. Like, kind of like sure. the English. But like, right. I... Yeah. To me, like, Blackbeard is a killer. Like, I don't really care yeah. what he says about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is, and it's fine. Like, I don't like him less for it, you know? Right. Yeah, it's just interesting that they made such a big plot point about it. And, like... But do you see what I mean when yeah. I say it does recontextualize season one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yes. That's true. Yeah. And, like, right. when he says, maiming, I love a good maim. Yeah. 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 And then... Is he? We never saw what that really meant and what that really looked like. And I thought the toe thing was a bit much. If I recall correctly, yes. I thought the toe thing was a bit much. Yes. You at did. the end of season one. That was mm-hmm. like, holy crap. Like we saw him and we saw him feed it to him, which is ugh. so disgusting. And we heard yeah. him swallow it and, <laughs> ugh, you know, like it was so yeah. gross. And then he went even further mm-hmm. in the first couple of episodes of season, season two. So. Right. Yeah. 
Huh. Interesting. All right. Well, let's get back on track. Um, right. Everyone not serving at Spanish Jackie's is behind bars somewhere. I guess Jackie has a prison cell. Of course she would. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. of course she would. Like, I have no questions about that. Next. Yeah. No, <laughs> next, next issue. Um, so there's some other pirates in there. Uh, Ricky comes down and tells them they'll all be hung, but not by the thumbs like Captain Kidd. Um, I tried to look this up and I didn't find a thing about Captain Kidd hanging people by the thumbs. Mm. Uh, maybe it's because Izzy set the record straight and he speaks up and says, that's not what he did. And Ricky wants to speak to the great Israel hands. So I do want to mention that Izzy calls him Pinocchio in this moment, which like obviously immediately made me think of Steed and the little wooden boy. Right. That was Mm -hmm. so present in season one and like recalled after that in season two. And like, I find it interesting because even though Steed was the one to read the story to the crew, Izzy is the one to name it here. It's the first time I think that we hear the word Pinocchio instead of little wooden boy. Yeah. And I don't know why, but like, this is sort of giving me pause. Like what I'm seeing through that is that Izzy is like a truth teller here, which is something we've seen him become over the last couple of episodes. Like he sees clearly, he sees things and, and he sees people for who they are and what they are, you know? Well, he's like the spirit of the ship slash crew like and all that entails he's like the spokesperson he's the one that ricky grabs and wants to talk to he's the one who speaks for the crew Mm -hmm. right 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 yeah logistically though as far as like a production standpoint was do you think there was a licensing issue with like him telling the story of the wooden boy and calling it pinocchio versus like calling someone pinocchio out of context like a like an insult you think it's like a Disney licensing issue? <laughs> uh, you know, I never really thought about that, but I, uh, I don't know who owns yeah. the rights to Pinocchio. That I guess that's a good question. But still, uh, like, I think yeah. that, like, again, it might not have been like an intentional thing, but it does give an extra yeah. layer to yeah, like, this moment. I think, anyway. Yeah. Maybe I'm the one reading well, too much into it now. Oh, no, well, <laughs> there can be there can be layers, and there also can be a production reason for it. Like that's those are two different things. Did I ever tell you I talked to Sam Smith, who played Mary Winchester? Yeah, on Supernatural, and I might cut this out, but spoilers for anyone who is isn't past what season eleven. I was talking to her, and I wanted to tell her like it was interesting to me because my first reaction with Mary Winchester. When she first came back and I watched the show and watched, you know, how it came about and she was like leaving and trying to find herself. And, you know, they got into a fight about how, you know, she's not she needed to be their mom or whatever. And she's like, I don't know you all. I was like kind of on their side, like, yeah, screw you. You're their mom. Like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. And then um, I listened to Monster of the Week's coverage. And it's kind of pressing it that neither of them have children, you know, and they're like, well, yeah, she's, she came back and she had these little children and now they're all grown men. And of course she's going to go. And uh, I was talking to Sam Smith about it. And I was like, you know, as a mother at first, I was like, how dare you not be there for your children? But at that time in my life, I was giving 
everything to my children and at the detriment of myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and finally had this realization that like, I am not taking care of myself. I am not putting myself, I'm putting myself dead last, Mm -hmm. you know, I am not prioritizing my health or well-being. And I had to kind of be like, I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to ask other people for help and I'm going to delegate and I'm Mm going to expect my children to be a little bit more responsible. Plus they're a little bit older and then once I was in that phase of my life, plus hearing the Monster of the Week boys talk about it, I was like, yeah, it is okay that Mary Winchester is going off. And and when I was talking to Sam, Sam Smith, I was like, well, of course, but production-wise, like, you're a guest star, so they had to, like, make you leave for a few episodes, you know, because right. contractually you're only going to be there for a certain... And she goes, oh, no, 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 that doesn't... Like, she very quickly was like, no, 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 keep on the track you're on about the character's reason for not being there. Like, don't take into account the scheduling technicalities. Yeah. Like, she didn't want me to, like, ground it in reality and, like, be like, of course, it's all silly for me to think this because of contractual obligations. She's mm. like, no, 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 no. You have a I point. Will, you know. Oh, that, yeah, she's so like, sweet. She's so, yeah, she was like, you're finding meaning from this. Don't don't yeah. discount it, you know. Don't discount and it. And I just, I just was like, you know, I really was hard on her character coming back. And then now suddenly I'm like... Yeah, she needs to go and discover who she is now, yeah, you know. And, exactly. And she was and she was really sweet and was like, "Well, thank you for having that conversation with me." Like she was really sweet, but Aww. yeah, I do. it just makes me think that that it can be multiple things. It can be a technicality and a licensing issue, but yeah. it also can you can find meaning, you mm-hmm. know. Anyway, while listening to the story, I did look up Pinocchio. Um, oh, okay. And uh, the story is actually in the public domain since 1940. Oh, okay. And oh, wow. It was published in 1881, just for <laughs> your information. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. I love it. Okay, so Israel good. Hands, the real Israel Hands Always. would never have known about it, uh, <laughs> which I absolutely find hilarious. Uh, so yeah, public it. domain. So there, it shouldn't be a licensing issue. So I think okay. it's okay to read into it like more narratively. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, there awesome. you go. All right, so up in the dining room, uh, Ricky is excited to have an audience with Izzy, and he's really talking him up, saying he was the brains of Blackbeard's operation (laughs) and was severely underrated, which is so funny when you think about, like, the Frankfurters and stuff. Yeah. Like, I would say he's the brawn. Right. He's the strategy, maybe, maybe, but not the brains. Like, he's definitely, I don't know. I love Izzy, as you all know at this point, but I would be very reluctant to call him the brains of Blackbeard's operation. Um, Yeah. However, I know that he, he especially in season one, like, we do see how, or it's alluded to how many times he saves, you know, his bacon. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think or that that's like his being the Because of his erratic behavior. Exactly. Like, he's the one who keeps him on the straight and narrow, but I wouldn't necessarily call that the brains. Yeah. No, I don't think so. He's his handler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he's really jazzing him up. He's right. like, oh, you. And uh, Izzy tells him that he doesn't know the first thing about piracy. Uh, quote, it's not about glory. It's not about getting what you want. It's about belonging to something when the world has told you you're nothing. It's about finding the family to kill for when yours are long dead, which makes me want to know more about his long dead family. Okay, but same though. Like we oh. never found out about the ring. Like, yeah, I want to yeah. know. I want to know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he says it's about letting go of ego for something much larger. The crew. I'm a unicorn. 
I know. And Ricky doesn't want to hear that. He's like, bleh. <laughs> I mean, again, I think it makes so much sense, right? Because for Ricky, it was about his personal satisfaction, right? That he went yeah. into piracy and then like, so he can't imagine like putting himself not first. Um, whereas Izzy cannot imagine putting himself first. Um, <laughs> and like, this is just, I don't know, like, this is such a good speech, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's literally the foundation of all of the good fan fiction I've been reading in the last couple of weeks, to be entirely honest, uh -huh. like, the the stories where it's really about them, like, yeah, the crew just like relying on each other. Yeah. Um, and needing each other is, is truly like when the, the story is at its best, whether it's on the show or in fan fiction. And, um, and I think maybe this is also one of the downfalls of the, of this season that like, the, we didn't really see them rely on each other all that much. We yeah. did at the very beginning, you know, through Izzy's arc, um, but not for much else to be entirely honest. Yeah. Am I am I forgetting? Like am I, I don't no, know. No, I would say I would say the the cursed suit episode. Yeah. The crew was pretty integral and we got mm -hmm. to see some really cute interactions like Frenchie and Roach. Yeah. The polycule, stuff mm -hmm. like that. That's true. But yeah. Yeah. No, I just it's just so short. Again, they could only do the highlights and when mm -hmm. you have a main story you have to tell, that's what get gets cut unfortunately and it's just ugh. Um I really love the speech too. Like he's truly the spirit of the ship. He's explaining what piracy is. He's, I, I'm sorry. I think the the biggest love story of the season was Izzy and the crew. Oh, and I I just like he. They called him the unicorn. Like it made me cry. Like when he needed it the most. When he needed to know that he mattered to someone. Hmm. The crew is what, and 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 I've said this before. What brought the crew back together was yeah. helping Izzy and making the leg. Mm -hmm. So like it just this oh like found family and queerness and yeah. all of that. That was that was the message. That was it. Mm -hmm. And then it gave him the confidence to not only regain his former glory as a pirate, but then have the confidence to dress in drag and sing. Yeah. And like, I, uh, like that's the story, and I and I love Ed and Steed, I really do, and I want their love story to continue. If they drop that storyline, I'd be like, I'm sorry, what, you know? Mm -hmm. But, but, oh, like, so what happens later on in this episode completely stomps on all of that, and it's just why when he could have just stayed on the boat with them and been the captain or been the first mate to Frenchie yep. or whoever. To mm -hmm. Zhang, for crying out. To, to you know, yeah. to anybody, really. I, yeah. um... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to have more to talk about. But yeah, um, so Spanish Jackie, there's a little short one where she uh, goes and asks Roach to give her a bottle from the top shelf of the bar. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. Like, that's when you know. You know she has yeah. something planned. It's like, yes, yes, queen. Yes. So on the beach, two English soldiers happen upon Steed's letters and bottles to Ed. Mm. And they're reading them to each other, snickering. Um, I like that there's no homophobia. Yeah, same. I do like that because they're like, oh, this 
guy, this guy is real, really hung up on a bloke named Ed and they're not like two men. Oh, you know, do you realize that we are now at the level of like, oh, it was nice that they didn't make fun of them. <laughs> like as, as a gig, this is where we are in terms of talking about this show. I it mean, was nice that there wasn't homophobia there. Yes. I, I, I realize that maybe for this show, it, it's to be expected. Like and the bar is low. Probably should, <laughs> the bar is, the bar is on the floor to quote Lucius. But, yes. But, you know, I think it does need to be pointed out sometimes. Like, like yes, the fact that I like agree. Schitt's Creek, there's no homophobia in Schitt's yep. Creek. And it's like, oh, wow. And the thing is, is it's not my broken expectations of Our Flag Means Death that makes me remark upon it. It's mm-hmm. all the other media I that I've agree. seen that where you like brace yourself for the homophobia mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, oh, it didn't happen. Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. You know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the thing is, and what I want to be clear about, because I did write a paper actually about queer joy in Schitt's Creek and um, uh-huh. they were always very clear that they weren't going to have any homophobia on the show and they yeah. wrote everything according to that. So one thing that I find really, really lovely is that they were very clear about a specific value that they had mm-hmm. and they stuck to it until the end. Yeah. And like, <laughs> well, right? Like, I yeah. listen. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying at all that this show is in any way, shape, or form homophobic. That is not yeah. what I'm saying at all. But I'm. I am seeing some walking back on certain things, like especially in interviews where I'm like, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So like now that this is something that's a bit more mainstream, like all of a sudden it's like. Like, we don't mm. count as much anymore. Like, I don't know, man. I don't like that. Yeah. The article I sent you today said uh, that he wanted, that David Jenkins wanted it to be a sneaky relationship where you didn't know if it was a romance or a bromance, mm. which is like the complete opposite of what he said after season one, where yeah. he's like, oh, I'm shocked you all didn't notice it was a romance sooner. Why were you so shocked? We always knew it was going to be a romance and mm-hmm. not a bromance. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I. There you go. That's why the interviews to me are like, I used the word alarming before, but maybe yeah. I'm not that far off with it. You know, like it, it's, it's, it's quite something. Like you said, jarring. It's jarring. Yeah. And did we, did we say in our, in our gripey episode that, we now look at David Jenkins as Steed. Did we say that? Or we I don't think so. Else? No, I think that's like when we were chatting earlier this morning. Yes. Because he's Steed. He says he the Steed. wrong things. Yeah. He says stuff that you're like, what? Yeah. And you're like, well, you gave us this beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And like, we know, we know you're doing it in good faith. Like, I know you didn't do this to like hurt us. Mm. I know you weren't like, let's, <laughs> let's reel them in boys. Like, <laughs> I know you're not doing this to hurt us, but you're hurting us. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. And he's very obtuse. He's like, oh, surely not. No, they're not upset about this. They they love it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 yeah he's Steve. <sighs> he really is. Which though. makes sense. He created that character. So, you know. I mean, listen, I would just like saying. if he had a Kiwi accent, I would probably handle the <laughs> interviews a lot better. <laughs> I love this. um all right so anyway part of the letter that they're reading i absolutely love a love like ours can't disappear in an instant we are joined together intertwined 
Man, he Steed was really going through it, honestly. <laughs> truly was I'm like oh my god that's so sweet like <laughs> so sweet but could you imagine the crew sitting there like jesus christ <laughs> oh another letter oh my god but this is my favorite line we wrote our names on each other in permanent ink mm. and i love this because so ed ed like literally is reading the letter as he's killing someone yeah. he's like choking them as he's reading the letter and then he's like, you wrote me a lovely letter <laughs> as he's running down the beach. I I love that, actually. I find yeah. like that moment really works for me because it's it's how it's very Ed. Like it's it is. very Ed. It's I need to get this out. Like I, I I'm going to burst with yeah. the emotion that I'm feeling. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to scream and run and kill people, apparently. I, no. Again, I don't mind that. I just yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> it wasn't prior established. Whatever. All yeah, right, uh. there you go. Uh, so Zhang and Steed are walking toward the beach, and you can feel like the tension of oh, they're gonna run into each other. Mm. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steed is trying to join uh, Zhang, but she doesn't want his help, which is probably smart to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, like, I mean, very she's smart girl. Him. She knows. Yep, she knows. English soldiers appear and start to chase them. They turn and start to fight. We pan over and see Ed is also fighting soldiers down the beach. Steed sees Ed and calls for him. They start calling each other's names and like they kill their way to each other. And then they start running down the beach, just like the dream from the season opener. Right. And they actually flash to scenes from the season opener. And again... Unnecessary. Yeah, we watched that four hours ago. Yeah, we know. Like, like <laughs> exactly, we know. Yeah, like I again, it's a little bit like we only have thirty minutes. You're gonna waste it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it takes up much time because it's just like flashing as they're running or whatever. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> it. I think I, it's not so much about the time; it's about the effort that was put into saying, "Oh, let's yeah. do that," instead of doing other things. You know, because yeah. this mm-hmm. is a kind of business where time is literally money, like yeah. and and like a lot of money. Like it's expensive to film things. It's expensive to pay mm-hmm. people to do these things. And well, it's not expensive to just replay what you already played. <laughs> no, I know, but what I mean is more like it takes it takes time for people to make the decision to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, yeah. I wish that they had used that time, that production time for something else. I think that's more like my issue personally. Uh, so they kiss. What do you, what do you, what do you think about this kiss? <laughs> I'm going to let you talk about it because <laughs> listen, I have no problems with that kiss. I know that so many people dislike it and, yeah. and like, I'm going to let you talk about it because I can respond to what you have to say, but honestly, I have no gripe with it. I mean, I can see it both ways. I can see Ed so in love with Steed that he has his face scrunched up with passion. Or Taika Waititi really just didn't want to be kissing his friend Reese Darby. And like every time he goes to kiss him, he scrunches his face up like he's just powering through it. <laughs> Which I understand he's not, you know, like but but he's an actor, so and he agreed to be in a romantic comedy, you know, as as one of the romantic leads. So it's not like he's completely disgusted by it. Mm-hmm. But the way his face is scrunched is very um 
Dean Winchester in 1518 <laughs> giving nothing back. Oh no. You know, like so I no, Katie. <laughs> you did not just say that. Oh boy, I don't know how to dig myself out of that hole oh. now. Okay. Um <laughs> I did not mind the kiss. Yeah. I thought it was cute. I thought it was sweet. Um, if you want to argue that maybe there isn't that much chemistry between these two people, like I'm willing to hear it because at the end of the day, like that happens with straight couples too. Like sure. I have sat through some really awful straight kisses on screen, right? And it's yeah. like, oh my God. So I'm okay with having like a gay kiss that is like only just okay. But yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I'm really not mad at it either no i'm not either i you know it's fun to joke around on the internet when you know with stuff because you'll see like clips of it and i'm like oh man his face is really scrunched up <laughs> and like you can see how someone could interpret that as disgust but also he was like if you want to think about it as the character he was just in a battle he just yeah. ran like he, he's very like tense he's very you tense know, like, like he just read the lovely letter like he's been running yeah. he's been putting on leathers in the sea yeah. <laughs> He's full of passion and like, and that's fine. And that's fine. And I'm not really, and, and I think they have great chemistry together Yeah. As, for everything other than yeah. like physical intimacy. And I don't see, I don't see this as a problem. Um, but it is funny to kind of like look at his face and you're like, oh, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you good, bro? You need some mouthwash? You good, bro? Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so Ed apologizes and tells tells Steed that he was a dick and tells him he loves mm. him. And Steed says, I know, which is the classic Star Wars Han Solo and Leia thing. But I also didn't really like it. Oh, <laughs> I wish he would have said, I love you, too. I, I mean, yes, I, I get that. But I think it has to do. I, I saw it as like a callback to Steed trying to tell Ed that he loved him like back at Annie and Mary's um, antique store. And he was yeah, like, don't okay, you dare okay. say that to me. And then he's, you know, the I love everything huh. about you. And then the I love you. And Steed is like, I know you love me. Like, I saw, yeah, I saw, saw it Steve more like that. Steed ever said I love you? No, he said I love everything about you. Hey, I don't, I don't like him even more. But isn't that like, I love you? It is. Like, I don't know. If somebody is, told no, me that they is. loved everything about me, like, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I'm just, it's so, like, for his... As insecure as Ed seems, for him to say I love you and you say I know just seems like uh, right, 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 right. Okay, no, 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 no I one-sided? see. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I get that. Yeah. I, I don't know if they were, I, I'm assuming they're just doing the Star Wars callback. Mm. And then, okay, that's cute. Whatever. Zhang okay. <laughs> needs help because she's fighting alone. <laughs> and so they run to help her. But it's the fact that, like, they see her struggling and, like, she's alone with all of these, like, English yeah. soldiers, Navy men or whatever. And, and like, right. they don't move. And Ed is like, who is that? Steve <laughs> 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 is just like, oh, that's Zhang. Like, go help her. <laughs> and it's funny because Ed has never met her. Right. At yeah. all. Because, like, of the of the situation. So, mm. yeah. All right, so the crew are using Lucius's clothes to pull the bars of the jail apart. I don't understand why they're using his clothes, <laughs> but whatever. I don't know. I don't... Or, like, why don't they get a piece of clothing from everyone? Everyone's wearing layers. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> whatever. 
Izzy is in literal leathers. Like, take his <laughs> leathers to do this. They want someone to pee on them so they won't rip, which is a great pirate tip, I guess. Like, I didn't think about that, but they said it makes the fabric stronger. Again, use Izzy's leathers. <laughs> right? Jesus. Well, he's upstairs with Ricky. Oh, it's true. Yes, that's why they couldn't yeah. do that. Okay, yeah, okay, fair enough. they would have. Fair enough. <laughs> While they're doing that, Alu uncovers a very injured auntie mm. and calls Jim over to help her with her wounds. So I felt like in that moment for a second, like we got season one Alu back and I'm like so mm. thankful for that because we didn't really get to see much of him and to be able to get him back, like albeit in the season finale um, and for so short, like it still felt really good because I felt yeah. like Alu's char- characterization this season was quite different from what we had seen in season one and like i don't know i also really like the fact that he called jim too like that was great i loved it and it made me notice actually how much jim had taken on the role of caretaker like surgeon you know Mm. i I just feel like them and roach Mm -hmm. are gonna make such a great medical team i love them together oh my god yeah (laughs) <laughs> just no nonsense like yeah, all right meat let's is meat. This out. like let's do this yeah, meat is meat. <laughs> <laughs> love it so Zhang, steed and ed are sitting on the beach after defeating all the soldiers and ed is complimenting Zhang, and steed pipes up about all the cool things oh, he did too Jesus. and ed pats him and tells him he did good too and calls him babe it's really I cute no i love that too and i love <laughs> that ed immediately has a good relationship with Zhang. like it was reminiscent of like when he was with annie and mary and i have yeah. to say like i really love the fact that ed is immediately one of the girls whenever there are girls around i love it too yeah. i love it too like he plays with his hair like he just he becomes <laughs> like one of the <laughs> girls does. and does. i'm just like oh my god i love that so much and again like i think that this is like Again, a very, very, like, hopeful and generous reading is that, like, there are so many facets to Ed's personality. Mm -hmm. And in the past, he's only really focused on one of them. And hopefully he learns to appreciate, like, all of these facets of himself, right? Like, that's that's the hope. That's the goal. And, um, again... Well, the quirkiness that they saw in season one, you know, that he was so quirky... And he felt safe to do so because he was going to kill everybody on the ship. Hmm. And yeah, but like his crew got to see that quirkiness in him too. Like it's just so interesting how they do do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Back in jail, Auntie tells Alu that she misjudged him, that that she was looking out for Zhang. Says men have cost her too much, but you're not a man. You're soft, which is like, hey, Uh, like, especially like everything we talk about. Right, with the masculinity yeah. thing. Yeah. For her to like clearly be like, you're not a man, you're soft. And it's like, those those two don't, But again, it's not an either or situation. No, but I, I, so, yeah. <laughs> I love go how ahead. I'm like trying to butt in. I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. It's just because like, this is again, one of those things where like, we're seeing how much um, uh, toxic masculinity can be also perpetuated by women. Yeah, you know, we talked about that with Annie and Mary. And here we Mm -hmm. have it again, because she continues by saying she needs more soft in her life. Because she so you know, so it's kind of like that, that thing where she's like, Oh, you're not a man, you're soft. And then she's like, Yeah, I need more soft in my life. Well, like, yeah, and interesting, it it bothered me. And like, and, and that's fine. It bothered me as a, as a character trait 
you yeah. know, it didn't bother me about the show, mm-hmm. but it bothered me that she said, you're not a man, you're soft. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that doesn't negate his manhood. Like, yeah. Yeah, it just, it was like, that's not an either or situation. Mm-hmm. Like, so are you calling him a woman? Are you calling him something else? Like, mm-hmm. it's like you're re- removing his personhood even. Like, yeah. yeah, it's really strange. And I didn't I didn't like that she said you're not a man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because men can be many things. Uh, Absolutely. You know, yeah. For so, sure. but. There's no prescriptive way of being a man. Right. But I do like that she pointed out that Alu does it differently than typical men that yeah. that she's known in her life and mm-hmm. that's fine too you know that's that's a good thing mm-hmm. he's still a man but he's soft you know i think especially when you've been exposed to patriarchy and toxic masculinity your entire life to see a man who doesn't actually conform to these standards is like it's very yeah. strange at first right like it's a moment where you have to like start uh, thinking about your own beliefs about about gender, right. about men, about women, about gender roles, and about all of those yeah. things. And so I think maybe that's what Auntie is going through. Yeah, hopefully, mm. you know, she's like, who who is this man with these soft shoes with holes in them? <laughs> <laughs> that float in the water. That float in the water <laughs> with with its leathers. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, so Auntie talks about how she's not soft and, and how Zhang needs more soft in her life. And yeah. she sees that now. Mm. And this is, again, something that I sort of would have loved to learn more about. Like, uh-huh. who has mistreated Zhang? Because I will kill them myself. Yeah. Right? I like, think historically, like, Zhang, how Zhang came to power was through her husband. And then her husband died. And then yeah. she took on a lover. And, like, it you know yeah so yeah, i'm sure the, the historical zhang had to put up with a bunch of men so of yeah. course i'm sure she had i yeah. just again like love yeah yeah just this story because of the way that it like takes and and leaves some historical facts i'm like but what about this zhang uh-huh. <laughs> I know, who hurt I know. her <laughs> girl are you all right you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a day <laughs> yeah yeah i love her um all right, so Ricky is gloating to Izzy that he destroyed the Republic of Pirates, which makes him the ultimate pirate, which Ugh. is so stupid. <laughs> what an idiot. He's an idiot. Izzy disputes that and insults him, mm. and Ricky said he was going to let him live, but he implies now that he won't. And so Izzy says, kill me, kill us all. Our spirit will last throughout your entire fucking empire because we're good, and you are a rancid, syphilitic cunt. <laughs> I, okay, I'm really trying to be a good sport here and like pointing out the things that I did like about the episode and Mm -hmm. reading into those and like not let Izzy dying ruin the entire episode for me. Mm -hmm. But again, like the fact that they are using the word spirit, Mm -hmm. like as in spirit of the ship, as in unicorn, like Mm -hmm. Our spirit will last through your entire fucking empire Uh only to then kill him off. Like, fuck off. Honestly, like, fuck off. And to to kill him off and not mention any of that during the funeral or like, uh, like, oh, fuck off. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fuck off. Uh, I entirely agree. Um, I don't know. If I love or hate that they seem to carry the gag from the cursed suit episode where he can deliver a hell of a line, but it fizzles at the end. So 
did you notice that? I did. I was so, like, what a weird way to end that sentence. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So he could have said, our spirit will last through your entire fucking empire. Period. Full stop. Yeah. And he said, because uh, we're good. And I'm like, are you good? Like, <laughs> like morally? Like, you kind of like kill. Okay, whatever. And then, then he insults him to end it, which is great. But... But it's just like when he said, a curse is a curse. And once it takes hold, <laughs> well, it, it takes hold. hold. <laughs> and so it kind of like, uh, I really kind of love that that they did that. I, I almost would have rather him nail the speech. But like, it's kind of funny that they're like, okay, Izzy can start out a line, but he can't end it unless he's calling someone a twat. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, you know, it's, he doesn't, you know, what's funny is that he doesn't call him a twat. No, he doesn't. He calls him a syphilitic cunt. I love it. Yeah, I love that I'm too. I'm going to call everybody that now. I, same. <laughs> but like, isn't that funny? That like his yeah. go-to word he doesn't use for him. Maybe twat is actually more like... Love. Yeah. Right? Like, but then he calls Steed that at the beginning. Anyway, again, like, are we reading too much into this? Or did they yes, just... We like, are. Did they just hire ghost writers to write this Look, episode? Look, a twat is just a twat, Mary. The curtains are blue. <laughs> Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> I love it. Steed egg and egg. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Ed, Jang and Ed mixed in my mind. Yeah, that's fine. All right. So Steed, Ed, and Jang come in to take over Spanish Jackies, which would have not worked at all. No, absolutely not. There was no plan, just vibes. Yeah, honestly. Steed says, a vast ye, <laughs> like, with his sword out. And he's, like, first. And the other two are behind him, like, what the fuck are we doing? Hmm. But right as the soldiers stand and all draw their weapons, which made it clear to them that they weren't going to win, yep. uh, they all start foaming at the mouth, the soldiers, start mm-hmm. foaming at the mouth and drop dead. And Steed goes, is that us doing that? <laughs> he's, he's, such, he's such an adorable idiot. <laughs> And that's when you hear Spanish Jackie cackling maniacally. And Roach is holding up the bottle and is like, what the hell was in that brandy? Right. And the Swede is like, am I going to die? And she's like, no, baby, this whole house is poison trained. (laughs) Okay, listen, listen, listen. I I I have okay. I have to say something because I thought that Jackie didn't care about her husbands. Like, yeah, because I'd only seen her interact with Geraldo before, and I sort of assumed that like how she treated Geraldo was similar to how she treated her other husbands. But uh-huh. clearly, I was wrong because like yeah. she poison trains them. Like, yeah, it's it's very Annie and Mary of her. Oh, which yes. like is that a woman pirate thing? Like, oh. look. Women who thrive in a male-dominated arena have to do what they need to do to survive. So right. it's probably smart. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, at least she loves the Swede, but she did say the whole household. So, yes, exactly. Which we don't know what where her other husbands are. Oh, so. I have questions about that later. Yeah. So uh, Zhang goes to attack Ricky for Auntie, but the crew has gotten out of jail and reveals that Auntie is alive. Auntie starts to give Zhang shit about taking her time, but all Lu is behind her saying, soft, Auntie. Mm. And she tells Zhang that she's proud of her, which means a lot. Right. So, like, from having seen movies like Turning Red, for example, and, like, I've read comments from Chinese women about, like, similar family dynamics, like, I know that this scene must have meant 
a lot to a lot of people. Like it was incredibly sweet. And I just like, this is not something that is directly related to me because I don't share that culture, but like, Mm -hmm. I really wanted to mention it because it's, I think it is really important to note. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. That was sweet. Mm. Steed says that they should make a plan. Then we cut to Steed saying, so that's our plan. And everyone's saying it's a suicide mission. Right. And Steed says it's only suicide if we die. All right. So this to me is really when the episode starts to take a nosedive. Because like, I could have forgiven so much up to that point. Like, but this line, knowing what happens Mm. again, just a few minutes later, I find that Mm. line to be cruel because... If it's only suicide if we die and someone dies, then someone dies by suicide. And like to have the suicide survivor die in the suicide mission. Yeah. I don't love it. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, So then we cut to a bunch of dead naked soldiers and all our crew is dressing in English uniforms. Can I tell you? Oh my God. How fucking amazing (laughs) these guys look. Every single one of them. Yeah. Steed, Ed, Izzy, Archie, Jim, Pete, Roach, Lucius, Fang, Frenchie looks so good. Steed looks so... Uh, I, I, name one of them and I will like start talking about how good they look. Like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to yeah. give some love to Jackie and to um, Archie as well, because mm-hmm. they both look fantastic as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I have to say it, but like, I do hate that they have to wear the clothes of the oppressor to survive, but also sure. like, Jesus have mercy. Like they all look so good. And they all like, like Pete took his sleeves off. Like he still wasn't wearing <laughs> sleeves. Like they all made it their own. I know and the they popped collar so for Frenchie. Good. Like, oh my God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't. I was like squealing yeah. at him mm-hmm. and I had to rewind it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he looked so good. Like Joel Fry. Uh, oh, come honestly, to a convention. Though. Right. Please. Come to a convention. Come see us. Let us love you. <laughs> Let us yeah. love you. We just want to take <laughs> pictures with you. I know. Oh, he's so cool. Uh, yeah, he was. I love Frenchie so much. Um, so they're setting up to attack some soldiers and they have Ricky as hostage. And Izzy is leading Ricky along, and I'm not sure what their initial plan was because no plan just vibes. Ri- oh, yeah. <laughs> Ricky immediately like gestures to so like Ricky walks up to mm-hmm. all these soldiers and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna take off because because we've done our job." And they like look at him weird, and he like he like moves his legs apart and yeah. looks down so that you can see Izzy's prosthetic leg, and. Before anyone really catches on to that, Ricky steps away, turns, and screams they're pirates as he pulls a gun from his waist and fires at them. Okay, why does he have a gun? I don't why know. wouldn't have they disarmed him? Mm. Like, I, I will note that he uses his left hand to pull a gun from his left side. So that's like an atypical place for a gun if he's right-handed, and most people are right-handed. So, like... If it was a slip up where they only checked his right side, but like I, I'm sorry, that's super sloppy. Yeah. To not check for other locations for weapons. Um. Also, Izzy's prosthesis didn't even need to be pointed out at all because the one guy he pointed it out to was like confused, and then he yells to everyone who's too far away to notice that. Oh my gosh, they're all pirates! Like, yeah. What? What was the reason to use the disabled man's prosthesis to give up the entire plan? Like, I, 
that infuriates me. It was unnecessary. Like, they could have found a different way to reveal this. And, like, even the whole, they're pirates, was sloppy. I was like, uh, great plan, fellas. You know, what? Like, yeah, I just, ugh. Like, because the thing is, like, because we never get to hear the plan, like, we don't know what the plan is. So, like, they say that they want to keep Ricky as a hostage, but then they go directly to the English without asking for ransom or, like, free passage or anything. Like, they are wearing English clothes, right? So they're trying to be incognito, but that means that they can't be holding Ricky. And then, right. like you said, like, why wouldn't they disarm him properly? Like, why did why did the writing team or like, why did the, the, the production decide to emphasize the prosthesis? Like, why did they kill everybody, but they didn't manage to recapture Ricky? Like, why didn't they yeah. just go around the English to get to the, to, to the sea? Like, what was the plan? Which is kind of making me think that maybe there was no plan, you know, like no yeah. plan, just vibes kind of thing. And honestly, like this is my biggest gripe with this episode because it really feels like some very specific goals of of getting characters to a specific place. Like that was the goal of that episode, but like yeah. there was no plan. Like no plan, just yeah. vibes. Like from the production side, and I'm like, this is so upsetting. <laughs> yeah, like this is what kills one of your main characters. So yeah. like, what was the point? There better be a fucking reason for it, right? Right, right. We don't, so Ricky fires towards them and we don't see Izzy's like midsection. We see his face and he's clearly like stunned in stoic pain. Um, A fight ensues. Ricky does run off. As soon as he fires that shot, you see him run away. Right. Uh, Okay. Um, What isn't clear is, you know, like what happens after the crew has defeated everyone? Like we see dead soldiers. And then we see them heading towards the revenge. Like, did he? Okay. But then they're still fighting people when they're trying to head to the. I I don't get it. I don't. I don't. And like, they're not looking for the hostage, which like in the first season, they were clearly, they spent a lot of time looking for hostages. They spent an entire episode looking for them. And here they're not even looking for him. Like, it's just, again, I find that like the narrative threads are just so easy to pick apart. Yeah. It's, it's actually like. Am I just worked up or is this like insulting? No, it's, it's, it's strange. Right. Yeah. Like we got to see some really cool things. Like Jim was up in a tree throwing knives and like they did. Yes. But it was just so quick and it was like, okay, did they defeat everyone? No, they're still shooting at people. Okay. Mm. Like, so they're making their way back to the ship and auntie is like still firing on soldiers. Mm. And I still don't understand what the point was. Like, so did they have to get through the English to get to the ship? I mean, if they're on a fucking island, could they not use a boat to go around somewhere else? I honestly, I don't know. Could they, if they snuck around the English army to ambush them, could they not sneak around them to leave to get to the ship? I feel like Like, this is almost like the door discourse (laughs) in Titanic. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's. I feel like there are so many options, like so many possibilities. And like, you just didn't sell the fact that this was the only option. You know what I mean? Like, and again, that comes down to, that comes down to writing. Like you did not sell me on the fact that this was the only option for you to make it out alive. Because from where I'm standing, like there were a bunch of other options. (laughs) Yeah. Right. 
Like, I, yeah, like, okay. If I want to be extremely generous, maybe like they had to put the uniforms on to get to that point, but then like the jig was up and they had to do something at that point. Like, let's say they literally marched through the entire Republic of Pirates that was crawling with English soldiers, but since Ricky was with them, nobody questioned them. Like, yeah, but then, but then again, they, like walk around like, them and go like, right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, it, but maybe they couldn't, maybe that's was the point because the, the act where Spanish Jackie's is maybe is just so like densely populated. We didn't see that at all. I am just imagining that. But they're like, they're in the woods when that happened, like in the jungle right, or whatever. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like once they get to the woods, but then of course they could have just walked around them. So I don't get, I don't get it. They could have taken Ricky with them onto the revenge. Like, yes. And had him as a hostage. Like, I, uh, uh, uh. Honestly, like, yeah, this to me, and again, I mean, like, would they this... want that heat on them though? That he had, they had the prince of Eng- a minor prince of England, like. But then leave him on not. the beach, you know, like, or right, put right, him in right. a dinghy. <laughs> like, I feel like there are so many options. <laughs> like, none of yeah. this was necessary, and that's the thing. None like, I wish they had like explained to us why this was the the only possible way, or showed it to us. But again, because the pacing is so strange, and because they yeah. needed to get there, like because they were at the end of the grading deadline, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, to bring back your what you were saying about your daughter, like yeah. I really feel like this was this was rushed. This was entirely yeah. so rushed. Like it's such a strange pacing. Like I don't know, I don't and know what to none say of about it this. Matters. And then none, of, none it of it matters. Yeah. Because they are headed back towards the ship. Izzy is clearly clutching his side. Ed notices and is like, are you okay? And Izzy goes, fuck off. Mm. And, you know, whatever. But then we see, like, one scene, one cut later that Ed is actually helping Izzy. And so is Frenchie. Right. Um, because he cannot continue on. Honestly, like, I really don't know what to say when it comes to that. Like, it just, it doesn't. It does not make sense to me, no matter how I look at it. Like, there is no narrative explanation for what I witnessed on that screen, you know? Yeah. But I, I, because it it just feels like so shoehorned in, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say, I will say Mm -hmm. that I absolutely love that it was Frenchie helping Izzy with Ed. Yes. um, Because I felt very validated in my shipping choices. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And it's like a nice callback to like him holding his hand from the beginning of the season. Like, oh. How do you pronounce their ship name? Wheezy? Wheezy? Okay. Because yeah. it makes more sense when it's written. Yes. Because it's, you know, because we it's like the French. Word for yes. Yes. Yeah. That's so funny. I yeah. love it so much. Um, so as soon as they're back on the ship, Izzy is very clearly injured. Ed is covered in blood and yells for help. Uh, Steed runs with Roach to get supplies. Izzy a very gets another shot and says, "Oh, great, Bonnet's in charge. I'm <laughs> fucked now." Sassy until the very end. Love it. Yeah. Ed is trying to tend to his wounds, and Izzy makes him stop. Uh, Izzy apologizes to Ed and says he's been terrible to him. It says, "I fed your darkness, Blackbeard. For years I egged him on, even though I knew you'd outgrown him. But the truth is, I needed him." Blackbeard, it was us, you, me. But you're good now. You're ready. Which is funny because he brings up the good thing. Mm. Like when he said to Yeah, that's true. Ricky that they're good. Mm. Uh Ed tells him he's his only family and he says, Oh fuck off. 
Uh, Ed, you're surrounded by family. They love you, Ed. Just be Ed. I... I don't even know... Like, what do we even say about this? Refer to our previous episode where Very we so. talked about this at length. Right. But, like, fucking where? Fucking where do does the crew love Ed? I, I don't... Do we see that ever? No. Well, we haven't seen it in this episode because they invested zero time in it. Again. Again, it's a choice. It's choices. The choices that were made to have him, like, fuck off to the yeah. sea, you know? <laughs> like, to the fishermen. Right. Like, instead of investing in making that line land... Right. Investing yeah. in they love you, Ed. Mm-hmm. We saw none of that. Anyway. Yes. There you go. So re- re- refer to the tea session. But I yeah. do want to start off with like, because this was the first time that I actually watched it. Um, and I had read the words before. So, you know, like it wasn't new, yeah. but I, I it was the first time that I actually saw it happening before yeah. my eyes. Yeah. And I'm going to start with like the generous reading of it, which is that like, again, Izzy is seeing things clearly. And he's like realizing that he hung on like way too long to a relationship that had like run its course. And, and he is in the process of letting that relationship go, which is like in and of itself, like very beautiful. And like, I can definitely relate to that. And I think that that's like a a really yeah. beautiful piece of character development. But the thing is, and and like you can't say that without saying the second piece. Mm-hmm. Um and this is really where the more critical reading comes in because like Ed literally cut off at least three of his toes and he also shot him in the leg which caused him to lose the leg. Like that yeah. is some pretty serious domestic violence right there. Like keeping in mind, right, that we're talking about these two men as being in a relationship. I'll be in a mm-hmm. toxic one. Right? Like this is how yep. the this season started. We think you're in a toxic relationship with Blackbeard. Uh-huh. So you have like a victim of domestic abuse apologizing to the person who victimized him in his dying breath. And like, we're supposed to not feel outraged about that. Like, I, I really don't know what to say about that because like any generous reading that I might have is immediately erased by this one. You know, like I, I, and don't even get me started about the dumbass father (laughs) figure comments. Like, I don't want to hear about that because that is just dumb. We can't talk. No, we can't talk about that. See our previous episode. Exactly. But Uh, this uh... is just so so much right because i fed your darkness i needed him blackbeard it was us like you're basically blaming a victim of abuse for like trying to hang on to the relationship that they've become codependent on like it is it oh my god i like it it it, i vertigo it gives me vertigo but here's the thing and i'm i'm sure i mentioned it on the tea break episode if he said this speech after season one finale. I could get it. But not after the arc he's had for season two. Mm. Not, he, he, he was broken down to his very core by Blackbeard. And he was rebuilt by the community of the crew. Mm-hmm. I think I said in a previous episode, like it used to be him and Ed and Steed. Mm-hmm. And this love triangle and these issues and then he became part of the crew mm-hmm. and part of their community. And I ju- I'm sorry, but like, I, it's so jarring because that is not the story I saw. Yeah. And for him to be saying that, like, he's an unreliable 
person because he doesn't have the lay of it. Mm. Like, I just, I don't know if he was, if he was egging him on, if he was like, oh, don't you want to go hurt somebody? Oh, you should Mm -hmm. do this. You should go cut off someone's toe. You should go do this. And like, like he did in the season one finale, but he's not like that anymore. Right. Yeah. Wearing your boyfriend's, uh, uh, like pining for your boyfriend, like that line. Yeah. 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 Like Blackbeard is himself again, you know, like that's just. Not, I just, oh. I know, I know. Honestly, like I find, and the thing is like, I relate, to, I was say, saying like how I relate to like this idea of like hanging on to a toxic relationship for too long. And like, yeah, I, I think that there would have been possibly maybe sort of like certainly other ways to kind of show him come to that realization that uh-huh. he had hung on to that relationship for too long. And even maybe to make it a part of a conversation with Ed, I just find that like having him apologize with Ugh. his dying breath is like... Um, because the reality is also that a lot of, of, of victims of domestic violence do not survive it. Right. And so. I, and I know, I know it's hard because he is, he's the lead. He's the romantic lead. Ed is. And people take umbrage with being like calling him an abuser or calling him, you know, Mm -hmm. but I mean, he, he, he hurt this person, you know? Right in a very visceral way and i don't blame the character i kind of blame how hard the storytelling went yeah yeah, yeah. it's kind of like when dean winchester does something and you're like that's out of character and you're like i mean i guess it's not because they mm-hmm. wrote him to do it but that's out of character because that's not the dean i know mm-hmm. you know i just th- sometimes things feel out of character and i think as as hard the swings that happened yeah. you know i just picture him shooting off Izzy's leg and telling Frenchie to kill him and then you swing over to him being pushed off the ship and he's like trying to climb back on the rope but he's like swinging and he's like oh gonna catch some fishies and it's like what Mm. like yes those two people can coexist in one body but like what are what are you all doing here you know I just well i think that i think the biggest issue with that is that you can again i i I truly believe that storytellers can tell whatever kind of stories that they want right like that is entirely something that i believe however you have to understand that like your audience is going to have a reaction to the experiences that you're depicting on the page on the screen whatever and here like we're having a a conversation i guess about like uh, again, my thing is using fiction to work stuff out from your real life. And this is uh-huh. one of those things where I'm like, if I heard one of my friends that I knew was in in a violent situation at home, apologizing to the person who like cut off her toes or cut off his toes and like right. amputate, had their leg amputated, like, my God, that would not feel yeah. good. Like, so why... I, 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 you know, I don't know. It's, um, I, I, it's confusing. It's confusing. And again, like, you know, in the tea conversation, we had quite a long conversation about that where I was like, if you wanted to have Izzy die, I think there would have been other ways of doing it that would have been more emotionally satisfying for us, you know? Like, anyway, yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's, it's frustrating because. To make someone's death about someone 
else is hard too mm. when you love Someone that who character. caused them so much harm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. regardless, let's say they're even a good person and it's mm-hmm. like you start to die and you're like, Mother Teresa was great, wasn't she? <laughs> She's really not. It's like, what the fuck? Can yeah. you make it about yourself for a half a second? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, especially. And that's, you, <laughs> right. And that's the thing. Like, there was no. Uh, right. Exactly. And yeah. I don't know. I. And like you said, the greatest love story in this season is Izzy and the crew. And there was none yeah. of that in his dying moment. Yeah. I would rather him have said something to each one of the crew members, even mm. if it was like a insult, a loving insult. Yeah. Move on, you know? Twati. You know, yeah, like, like, I would have right. loved to see him. But that's the thing. I feel like it was just kind of like, I feel like this was selfish storytelling. Like, I don't know how to yeah. else to explain it, but it was like, I wanted to get there. And so I did it. Right. Like without really thinking about what that could have meant for other people. And again, I, I think that that was, you know, it is what it is. We get the stories that we get. And then kind of like Archie said, you know, like they, they, they get away with it and yes. then we have to deal with it. Yes. But also like, oh. right, there you go. I, uh, I just, it, it just, they, the reality is that I don't like this story. I don't like the way that this story is where this story stands at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. that's a very real thing. Like that's, and that's my right as an audience member. Right. Right. Like the storyteller can tell their story, but then I can then feel the way that I feel about it. Yeah. I, I just, I don't appreciate being told that Izzy didn't matter all along when he very clearly did. Yeah. When they spent so much time so showing much me time. that he mattered. Yeah. And then he's like, actually, I was just the darkness and mm-hmm. I was bringing you down. And now you can go and be with your family. My son. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my son. But you can go be with your family who all Jesus. love you. Yes. But in four minutes, you're going to leave them. They're going to leave them behind. And it's <laughs> my sacrifice will have meant absolutely nothing. Nothing. Okay. So let's... Uh, yeah, let's move on before... Auntie starts yeah. singing, which is very beautiful. Mm. And the crew all stand with their hats in their hands. Some people manage to cry. <laughs> they they all look very sad. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? At this point, like, I I had... I was pretty yeah. dissociated. So, like, I wasn't yeah. really... Like, I was watching, but I wasn't really... I don't know. Yeah, I, I, know. I know that people were very upset about that, but I had trouble kind of emotionally connecting to it. And so I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's about how I look yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. So Just like, stunned. you know, it's stunned. fine. Yeah, stunned. Uh, so cut to all of them standing around a grave, which is weirdly about two inches off a path to a house. Right. Uh, I, I, I've, I'm like, wait, why is it right there off the side? Like, why isn't it like in the middle of a field? Mm-hmm. Like, I, okay. They have a grave marker for Izzy made out of his prosthetic leg Mm. and a piece of driftwood that's lashed to it with leather um, to make a cross. And his handkerchief and ring are around it. And they pass it hand to hand. And Roach gives it the middle finger lovingly. Again, Mm. see our tea break episode. Ed places the marker and says, bye, Izzy. And then to Steed says, well, that's that then. Which mirrors when Izzy got banished after in season one with Steed and Izzy's duel. Mm. Um, when he 
uh, makes Izzy get off the ship and he's rowing away. Um, oh, yeah. Ed says, well, that's that then. So um, it's kind of dismissive, but, you know, whatever. Um, I know it's like belying pain, but still, like, <sighs> all of this is pretty dismissive. So uh, Steve tells him he was a good one, says intense, very intense. And Ed agrees that he was a fucking nightmare and then says, what a guy. I mean, I, again, like, every, I think everything that I had to say about that, about the ring, the prosthetic and, yeah. and all of that, like, it's all in the tea conversation. So I'm not going to yeah. rehash that. But this watching this really brought back the line like he didn't even cry when Ivan died from earlier this season. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like, again, none of them are crying even a little bit, you know. So again, like, fuck off. Not to the uh-huh. not to the characters, but like, no, there I you know. go. Like, yeah. Fuck off with that. That doesn't make sense. That does not make sense after what we've seen. No. no, it doesn't. Yeah. Funerals are my, like, I will not cry, not cry, not cry. And, like, funerals are my time to, like, bawl my eyes out. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is, like, my time. Yeah. And I remember at my dad's funeral, the way I wanted them to, like, play the music or whatever. And I was completely in charge of all the decisions. Like I was his power of attorney. I had to make all the decisions. And so I made all the decisions for the funeral. And um, I wanted them to play a song. And like I managed to like not cry because I had to get up and speak. And then I was like, when they play this song is going to be my chance to (laughs) just bawl my eyes out. And it was his favorite song and all this stuff. And when they started playing the song was when the funeral people like directed people to get up and like walk out, which means they walk to me first, hug me, say a few words and then leave. And, and like they, they start this like processional and I was like, Oh no, 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 no. I didn't want that to happen during the song. I wanted to play the song and then like, so it just ruined my entire plan Mm. to like ball my eyes out like a mad person, like during my father's funeral. I was like, you ruined it. I had a plan. I had this structured time (laughs) to cry. (laughs) But, but, you know, I think you're bringing up a very valid point that like not everybody necessarily is going to cry when they're sad or cry at funerals or cry in the moment. But the fact that none of them are even shedding one single tear feels right. strange you know what it i mean does. Yeah. it does it does it's like oh we don't want to bring the vibe down with real tears it's like well then don't kill someone <laughs> like don't don't kill the spirit of the ship if you don't want the vibe to be uh, lowered <laughs> you're right oh. anyway so then over over top the the mound of dirt uh zhang and auntie talk to steed and ed um about working together to find ricky and kill him and uh says oh bonnet you you could come too (laughs) Mm. and we don't see what they answer and then we cut to the revenge and it's lucius and pete's wedding and everyone kind of there's like three people like officiating asking you know do you take to have and to hold and all that Mm. and uh roach says you are officially mateys and he holds up two knives on a pillow and says you may now slash each other's faces (laughs) I have and Lucius and Pete are like, uh, and they're like, well, we're just going to kiss. But can we come back though? Because there's a moment where they say something about like to love each other, even through dismemberment. 
Oh, do they? <laughs> yes, there's a line about dismemberment, and I'm Aww. just remembering it now because, like I said, like something I I dissociated, like even taking notes, but like really, but again, like that has to do with like, yeah. I oh, what if Izzy was there to see that, and then he, mm, I don't like it. Why did they do that? I don't understand. No, I, and this felt very pointed. Like, I was like, why are they even bringing this up? Like, I don't know what yeah. the exact line is, actually. But, um... I'll look it up. Yeah. Okay, so it says, do you vow to protect and, if necessary, kill, kill for each other? Do you vow to avenge the other in event of your grisly death or dismemberment? Do you vow to keep each other's ship afloat and those, so those are the questions that we're asked so grisly death or dismemberment so again like i, I don't oh. isn't it isn't it yeah no one vowed to avenge izzy i guess because mm. dismemberment would be ed and then uh, grisly death would be ricky so you know ouch big ouch Big ouch. Big ouch. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say at this point. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I do, go. I do, not to stomp on Lucius and Pete's wedding. It's very sweet, you know. And that's kind yeah. of the thing, right? It's the fact that like this was supposed to be a really celebratory moment. And yeah. I was kind of like watching it happen as if I had, well, I was yeah. going to say as if I had just witnessed a murder, but like it's not oh. that far off, you know? No, it's not. Like there were no thoughts in my mind and no vibes, like no thoughts, no vibe. Like it, it was, it was not great. And, and I'm kind of yeah. mad because I really wanted to appreciate that moment. Anyway, yeah. whatever. So now we see everyone aboard the revenge, peaceful and in harmony. Hmm. And Frenchie's calling the shots. Jim is climbing the rigging and says, beware of the new revenge. Uh, and Jackie is sitting there telling the Swede that they're going to rebuild the bar better than ever. Right. And that's the thing. Like, there's just such lovely moments in that final scene, right? Like, or not final uh-huh. scene, but penultimate yeah. scene. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, like, because Jim really looks like Peter Pan in that moment. Like, Fang is at yeah. the wheel. I love the fact that Frenchie is giving out orders. Like, everyone is working out together. At, 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 and, like, Jackie and the Swede, like, it's all very sweet. And, yeah. but the thing is, like, where are the rest of Jackie's husbands? Presumed dead? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. And and then and again, yeah. like with the comments that were made about the polycule, like it sort of makes me wonder, like, are they just gonna <laughs> make her not part of like like yeah. are they gonna make her monogamous instead of like I hope not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so then we pull back and see uh the that Steed and Ed are not on the ship. They're standing on a porch and looking at the ship sailing away. Mm. And Steed says, so we're innkeepers then. <laughs> Which, <laughs> good talk, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Sam and Dean don't talk until they get to the place. So what's this case? It's like you just, you're in the car for six hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, this is, okay. So you're not talking. All right. Uh, they're talking about fixing up the place. And again, like they have no plan. <laughs> They have no plan. No plan. No plan, just, just vibes. Just vibes. We pan out again, and we see it's the house where they buried Izzy. And so we end on a shot of Izzy's grave, and a seagull lands on the grave marker. 
And that is the end of season two. So, okay. <laughs> I know I know that the innkeeper thing was like a theme throughout the season and it was but it was also alluded to in the last season. So like mm-hmm. that in and of itself is not super surprising to me and I kind of thought that this is where it was heading, right? Like this was not yeah. a surprise. I don't hate it. But what I do raise my eyebrows at is the fact that like like you said there was no conversation that we mm-hmm. we did not get to see a conversation. We did not we were not showed a conversation. Um, and so I'm kind of raising my eyebrows at the fact that like Steed is choosing innkeeping over piracy, which like his whole arc so far has been about wanting so badly to be a pirate captain. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's like abandoning that idea to be with Ed, which again, like in and of itself is super romantic, but also maybe not super sustainable. Like definitely not because they literally only brought the clothes that's on their backs. Right. Like, and Ed historically doesn't do well when he's hungry, like the snake snack. So, yes, you know. That's true. When they're like, let's go rustle up a feral animal, I'm like, I hope you do. Oh, yeah, I hope like, you do. I hope <laughs> you find a rabbit. <laughs> and, 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 like, with what With what exactly are you going to wrestle? Right. <laughs> but, like, but maybe this is a lesson for Steed to learn, like, in a potential season three, right? And so, yeah, like, so that's one thing. But then the thing that I really dislike about it, and I've talked about this before, is that with his dying fucking breath, Izzy told uh-huh. Ed that he had family on this ship, that they love him, which, like, questionable, as you talked about, uh-huh. considering that Ed never actually made amends with any of them or with most of them. Um, but like Ed leaves all of that and goes to live on land. And again, maybe this is a lesson for him to learn in season three. And so maybe this is a necessary step for both of them. But the fact that Izzy dies for this bullshit is like actually really upsetting to me. (laughs) Right. Right. So if he was going to separate anyway, Mm. why couldn't Izzy be on the revenge? Yeah. Why could and the thing is, like we talked about this where I think in the tea, but I, I do want to mention it here. It's that in in historically, um Blackbeard did shoot Israel Han- Israel Hans's uh-huh. leg. Um and he was permanently disabled from it and had to stop being a pirate. But before hmm. that moment, he gave him a ship called the Adventure. Uh-huh. And he made him captain of one of his ships, basically part of his fleet. And he was captain of the adventure. Can you imagine Izzy's uh, adventure? And that's what, yes. And that's what we talked about yeah. when you said that. And I was like, I think we talked about it in the tea, like how if to mirror season one, when yeah. he was captain for half a minute and it said it was Izzy's revenge. <laughs> and we, John was like, that sounds like a gastrointestinal disease. <laughs> <laughs> to mirror that, to be like, hey, you're the spirit of the ship. You're our unicorn. We're going to vote you in as captain. So I guess it's Izzy's revenge now. And he's like, no, no, no. It's Izzy's adventure. I would like, have been cool so would powerful. Be? Like he is free at last of that yeah. relationship, which would have basically would have done a similar thing. Right. Like they would have. Yeah. Because I do agree. Because he was free of it. Yeah. Like they took it back. Like they took it back. They yeah. went backwards. I know. Like, I know. And then the anyway. other thing is, like, and this we did also talk about a little bit in the tea, but, like, Ed's last partner, his jilted wife, Izzy, <laughs> like, got pretty severely abused when he was with him. And so now you're telling me that Ed and Steed are going to be living, like, really in a really isolated space? 
in front of like where Izzy is buried. Like you don't think that that's going to be super fucking triggering for Ed, like who is clearly mentally ill and unmedicated. Like there are a lot of people on the internet extremely worried about Steed's well-being at that end. <laughs> I saw like... a tweet actually saying like depending on where you are in the fandom, you either see that ending as romance or like murder. And I'm like, yeah. I see <laughs> Like, I see dead people. <laughs> right, right. Not to make like, fun of domestic violence, but like, no, this is yeah. like, I don't know. It's concerning. Well, I mean, it's clearly that it's like Steed is meant to partner with, with Ed and Izzy was meant to partner with Blackbeard. And killing Izzy was a symbol of killing the darkness in Ed, was killing Blackbeard. So if I if I kill my ex, does that mean I'm not mentally ill anymore? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Is that what it. I'm supposed to get? This from? is Jesus. This is the OFMD so silly. Uh, defense. In you can use it in court. Um, it is silly. It's but, very silly, and, and it's silly for someone who was made such a whole and beautiful and complete character. Hmm. It'd be one thing if it was symbolic. If it was exactly, a, you know, a wooden one, like, like him leaving Mary. We love Mary. Yes. And she was a person to herself, but she was also not as deeply known as Izzy. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to cast her aside and go, oh, we're not going to see her again. Oh, well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and she but they didn't kill killed, her. But, <laughs> yeah, they didn't kill her. But you know what I mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Like if it was like um, Calico Jack, mm-hmm. like, like, oh, he was part of my darkness and we needed to get rid of that and you know like i don't know i I don't have a a perfect example of who of how we could have made izzy like more one-dimensional so that he was literally just a symbol Mm -hmm. of his darkness um because he's a person (laughs) so that's difficult but yeah like it's that's what it feels like they're going for and maybe that was the merman like oh well Ed's okay now because he's a mermaid, you know, he's a merman just like Steed. Like, I don't, I don't again, know. Again, again, like, if that is the story that they're telling, then that is not a story that is for me. Yeah. Because, like, and I, I, I want to be very cautious about what I'm saying because I do know that there are relationships where, like, there is, you know, people, people, like, take violent action or they are violent or whatever. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to, to do those things in all of, of your relationships. But like, right. I, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, it's like, yeah. I want to give people a chance to change also. Like, that's what I'm trying to say is that like, just because you are acting out of trauma, particularly in this case, generational trauma, like I, I, get it i get it i really do but like there has to be a point where there is something that's addressed like a moment of like oh my god this is what i have been doing you know like the pop pop situation could have been a catalyst for that right right but like we don't get to see that so maybe again maybe in season three this is something that we're going to to see but i don't know like i like this is a very high cost season finale in my opinion and honestly it's not going to be addressed yeah it's not going to be addressed the Mm -hmm. way the interviews have been going about it's a workplace comedy and it's hilarious and isn't it funny that it doesn't matter yeah exactly yeah like uh, 
Yeah, and like in the same breath of that one interview where he said, "Oh, I love Izzy," and they're like, "Yeah, you killed him," and he's like, "Yeah, unfortunately, you know, he had to die." But I just really think that queer people deserve to see people be happy and live. And I'm exactly. like, exactly, I know. What? Like, he what? just said Izzy had to die. <laughs> what do yeah, you mean? So it's, that means he's lot. not. He's not a person. Mm. To David Jenkins, to the show creator. He was a symbol of Ed's old ways, and that's why he had to die. Anyway, I've said everything that I have to say about it. I don't want to rehash everything. I'm so sorry. Like, I just don't want to. It's not that I want to cut cut the conversation short. It's just that I'm thinking of the listeners who have already heard this. I know. (laughs) And I'm just like, I I don't. I like, I have nothing new to add at this point. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So there was a final clip. I didn't know about yes. it until you talked, because I was so like, <laughs> you dissociated too. <laughs> I did. I did. You were like, yeah. And you were like, you were like that final clip. And I was like, wait, what? So yeah. I went and watched it and it was Frenchie uh, slipping out of the bars because he was the only one who was, who was lithe enough to do it, I guess, or wanted to. <laughs> they were like, come on, Frenchie, you go. And then someone was like, suck in your butt, you know, <laughs> suck in your butt. I have to say that I loved that. And again, it made me feel very justified in my love for Frenchie because he just goes like, yeah, Frenchie. Like yeah, he just yeah. yells his like, own name. Be quiet. Yeah, I love him. I, I love him. <laughs> so quickly, without rehashing everything, right. let's do some final thoughts of like, what changes would you make to this episode to kind of fix how you feel about the finale? I mean, I think for me, the easiest fix would be not to kill Izzy and to do the adventure yeah. thing that we talked about, right? Like that would be to me, I I would find everything else so much easier to forgive, like so yeah. much easier to forgive. I would forgive the weird pacing. I would forgive like the no amends. I would for, all everything. It, I would yeah. forgive so much of it. Um. If that's not a possibility, and if you really want to kill off Izzy, then like you have to rewrite season two entirely. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't make him a survivor of domestic abuse. Don't amputate him. Don't put him in drag. Like those yeah. three things were like incredibly traumatic for like literally three very different types of people with different experiences. Yeah. And like you managed to like piss them all off in uh-huh. one fell swoop. Yeah. yeah. Um like make it like i said make it so that he can't fit in with the crew and then have his death mean something like you know so that he makes the decision like i'll stay you guys go like so that we're like oh my god he does love them you know Uh, because here it was just a meaningless death in my opinion and anyway again that is not my the way that i wish that this was resolved i just right they i don't think they should have killed him yeah no i agree i agree um i wish that they would have had Ed have some sort of conversation with the crew. Hmm. Instead of the the corporate speak safe space ship, uh, and that was that. I thought that was just the beginning. Do you think? Do you think the crew voted him off the ship again? <laughs> Maybe that's why they're in. That's why they're in keepers. <laughs> they're like, look, all right, things have got to change around here. Our votes matter. Uh, <laughs> you exactly. know. They're like, Izzy's not here to protect you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And Steve's like, I'll go with him. Yeah, exactly. We'll go Steve's sell like, fucking whatever. antiques in the middle of fucking nowhere. Exactly. Like, who's going to go to their inn? Like, first of all, they need supplies to fix it. And then people, like, need to know it exists and not some 
Uh, it's on some bluff somewhere. Like, wh- okay, whatever. I don't want to talk about it. Again, like <laughs> everything we had to say has been said at this point. Like yeah, it is, I think it, so. it is, if this is not because I've read like, you know, and then you start reading like some people who are like, maybe mm. this is just one of them being in the gravy basket. And I'm like, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But also, like, why would you leave us this way, knowing that we, you may very well not get a season three? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Either way you swing it, it's just kind of cruel. Right. We didn't talk about, like, what you thought about the seagull landing on oh, the yeah. grave marker being buttons. I know that there's a lot of people, or that there are some people who are like, oh, Buttons is a witch, he's going to bring him back. Like, I have a friend who's, like, general audience who is watching this, and she is convinced that Buttons is going to bring back uh, Izzy somehow. Okay. And this is general audience who got so attached to Izzy that she thinks that Buttons is going to bring him back. Yeah. GA. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think so. I think this, I don't know. And if he does come back, like you said, I don't think it was planned. <laughs> I don't think it was planned. I think the was just like, oh no. <laughs> David Jenkins had to tweet for what it's worth and turned off the comments for what it's worth. There's no uh, show without Izzy Hands. I, like, is he going to come well, then, back as a zombie? Right. Is he like going to haunt them? Like, what? what's that? What, what are we doing here? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I thought it was just like you. I think you told me you thought it was just Button saying goodbye. Yeah, and I agree. Like I, that's how I took it, mm. and we're allowed to take it that way. And I'm sorry, there's a huge difference between what happened to Lucius and that cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and what happened to Izzy. Izzy is in the ground. Lucius yeah. was pushed off of a ship, presumably swimming, presumably floating, presumably marooned mm-hmm. somewhere. Um. We And it's not fair of us because at the time we knew we were getting a season two, Mm -hmm. but also season one was set up as a cliffhanger and there's really no cliffhanger set up Mm -hmm. on this episode. And there was no cliffhanger like it didn't, there was no cliffhanger of like, is he dying? Is he's cold and in the ground? Like, so there's no like, well, what if, you know, like. I actually read a really beautiful fix it. That really uh-huh. takes uh, the the ending of the show and then gives Izzy a different ending. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe we can put that as a link in the yeah, in the yeah. show notes because it was okay. really beautiful for anybody who wants to read it. Like, um, uh, yeah, it was it was really beautiful. Like it was what I needed at the time. And honestly, you know, what's weird is that even with Supernatural and I was really devastated with Supernatural, like Mm -hmm. I never really dove into fic the way that I did with this because I was like, I just need to rewrite this ending. Like this is just so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. Thank you. Um, I guess for now that's a, what we think about the finale yeah. <laughs> so not all positive unfortunately yeah unfortunately but hopefully we kept some of our biggest rants to the other episode yeah. so yeah and there were some really good moments right like we did we were very yeah. good i think about bringing out those moments i do love that ed and steed end up together as they should thank god because right. if they would have done the whole like oh, jesus yeah will they get together again like yeah 
That's no, another we're thing. Be together now. Exactly. Like, I mean, I was kind of, I, yeah, I feel like they spent a lot of time on the will they, won't they, that I don't think yeah. should have been spent there. Like it yeah. should have been spent elsewhere again. Like I find that the creative decisions are questionable. Yeah. When it comes yeah. to like the big story beats for this season. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we already did the whole, I got scared and ran away. And I like that it paralleled steeds getting scared and running away but also he already got, ran away with yes, calico but we jack need so to like stop I... saying or thinking that the only good storytelling out there is parallels for crying out loud yeah. like it's yes. okay to not tell circular circular storytelling yeah uh-huh like it's okay for a story to move forward without paralleling all the time yeah I, sorry, true. like that's just something that gets to me lately. Like I, and I love a good callback, right? Like the moon, for example, the moon scene, amazing. Yeah. We didn't really need that Ed yeah. like running away to be a fisherman, you know. Right. And now he's running away to be an innkeeper, you know. Like it's just, do we need that? Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, well. We'll probably have another episode of us yelling about this. <laughs> Maybe. We'll Maybe. see. Maybe. We do have, we do have a stuff. couple. Of, yeah. Yeah. We have a couple of things planned. Mm-hmm. So um, we will. I don't know if we're going to do an overall season two because we kind of did it here. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, but yeah. So we do have a couple of other things planned. So. Yes. Me too. Yeah. Thank you for visiting the Gentleman Pirates Library. Please do wash your hands before reading. Who knows what kind of dirt you find on the deck. Please also subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at Gentleman Pirates. That's the word gentleman, P-I-R, and the number eight. And we will be back with some special episodes as soon as we can. Thank you. Thank you.